Everyone, welcome to the show. I have a bunch of exciting updates to share with you guys about investigations into Donald Trump and his allies. So first, there was late breaking news this afternoon, very exciting out of Georgia. Um, It was just revealed that District Attorney Fonnie Willis plans to issue indictments this summer, sometime between July 11th and September 1st. This is based on a letter that she sent to the sheriff's office to give them a heads up and allow them time, as she put it to, quote, coordinate with local, state and federal agencies to ensure that our law enforcement community is ready to protect the public. And the DA sent similar letters to the Atlanta's chief of police, also the director of the Atlanta Fulton County Emergency Management Agency. The letter goes on to say, quote, we have seen in recent years that some may go outside of public expression of opinion that are protected by the First Amendment to engage in acts of violence that will endanger the safety of those we are sworn to protect. As leaders, it is incumbent upon us to prepare. So this definitely sounds like bad news for Trump because it's not like people are going to be out committing crimes, committing violent acts. If, you know, Rudy Giuliani or let's say Sidney Powell or Lindsey Graham is indicted, right? They're not going to go all in, throw down for them. So she clearly believes that the grand jury is going to recommend Trump indictments. And this also seems to indicate that she's planning on impaneling a grand jury at the beginning of July, um, unlike what was reported, which was supposedly the beginning of May. Because as I mentioned before, in Georgia, the grand jury can only be impaneled every two months. So it would either be May or it would be July. Sounds like this is going to happen the beginning of July. I think she's giving that wide window because she doesn't want to give a specific time period because then it will give people time to plan if they are planning to have an uprising or, or, you know, commit any acts of violence. Anyway, that's really good news. Next up is a news report that came out late on Friday, and it's also in a way related to Georgia. It is in relation to the illegal breach of voting equipment in Georgia and Michigan. According to the New York Times, Donald Trump was present at an Oval Office meeting that took place on December 18th of 2020. This, you guys will remember, was considered to be one of the most insane meetings at the Trump White House, which is saying a lot. Um, Rudy Giuliani was there at the time, and he stated in that meeting that the Trump campaign planned to, quote, secure access to voting machines in Georgia through means other than seizure. So Giuliani said that access to these machines would be, um, as someone else quoted, voluntary. Others like Mike Flynn had posited the idea, you guys will probably remember, of seizing all of the voting equipment. Well, Giuliani apparently didn't like that idea. So he made these alleged statements in this meeting saying like, oh, don't worry about it. We don't need to go to that extreme. We're going to get access to this equipment and this data anyway. So this is according to testimony that was given to the January 6th Select Committee by uh, some people like Sidney Powell and Mike Flynn. If this is true, this means that Trump was aware of this illegal plan in advance. 
Um, so, and remember the timing on this too, because this is mid-December. We just learned last week that a Trump campaign official, someone very high up in the Trump campaign, spoke with Abby Grossberg. I played the the audio for you guys. I think it was last week when those audio tapes were released. And he said they knew that those machines in Georgia had already been looked at, that all of the data had been reviewed, that authorities had researched all of this, and there was nothing wrong in Georgia, that they had no evidence of any illegal activity, no evidence of any activity at all that would put in question the 2020 election results in the state of Georgia. So a month later, you then have Trump planning with Rudy Giuliani and others to somehow access this voting equipment illegally. So he knew, like I said before, it is inconceivable, inconceivable. Um, If you don't know what I'm talking about, if you don't know why I said it that way, go watch The Princess Bride. Anyway, (laughs) it is inconceivable that someone that high up in Trump's campaign would know that there was nothing going on, nothing nefarious with the Georgia election equipment, but he didn't know. So timing of this is very damning. Um, In addition to this damning revelation, though, there's also text messages that show that Trump allies in Georgia were plotting to use illegal information or information that they obtained illegally from this voting equipment data breach to decertify the Georgia runoff elections. I don't know how they plan to do that. Nothing was found. But, you know, that election, that was the Senate runoff, if you guys remember, which handed control of the Senate to the Democrats. And they were plotting behind the scenes, oh, should we release information now? Should we hold on to it and use it for the runoff? Blah, blah, blah. So... Lots of illegal activity if this is all true and pans out and they can prove it. Um, Next up is news about the Trump's rape and defamation trial, which starts tomorrow. After failing to delay the trial for 60 days, which I told you he was trying to do, um, Trump's attorneys tried to say that if Trump was forced to appear in, in person, that it would be a logistical and financial burden on the city of New York, as if he gives a damn. Well, U.S. District Judge Lewis Kaplan is the one presiding over this case, and he isn't buying this pathetic excuse. The judge issued an order saying that Trump doesn't have to appear. It's like not going to force him to appear. But he's like, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to make up excuses for him to the jury. So Judge Kaplan noted that Trump has campaign events scheduled and there's one actually scheduled for what would be day three of the trial. So he wrote in his determination, quote, if the Secret Service can protect him at that event, certainly the Secret Service, the Marshal Service and the city of New York can see to his security in this very secure federal courthouse. So this isn't going to go over well with the jury. That's my belief. If I was a member of this jury, this would say to me that Trump doesn't take this seriously. He thinks that his time, his rallies are more important than facing a woman who he allegedly raped. 
I mean, think of that. Think of what message that sends to the jury. Judge Kaplan also ruled against Trump's efforts to try to unmask the jurors in this trial. As I shared recently, the judge had ruled that the jurors would remain anonymous for security reasons. And Trump's attorneys have been fighting this. They appealed the decision. They lost that appeal. The appeals judge actually cited Trump's incitement of threats against the New York district attorney, Alvin Bragg, to say, you know, yeah, I can see why they want to keep these jurors anonymous. Um, So that's that. That's where that stands. I will definitely keep you guys posted on all of the twists and turns with this defamation case, the rape lawsuit starting tomorrow. Um, In regard to the January 6th and classified documents investigations, which are being conducted, as you know, by the Justice Department, longtime Trump advisor and attorney Boris Epstein met with the special counsel last week. Epstein was deeply involved in the fake electors plot. He had a hand in the drafting of that letter to the Justice Department, which falsely claimed that Trump had relinquished all classified documents. This was prior to the FBI searching Mar-a-Lago, which turned up an additional like 100 plus items. Um, And legal experts say this is a really bad sign for Trump as well, because it could mean that Epstein is trying to make a deal. Because if not, he would have just gone before the grand jury. But the fact that he's meeting privately with the special counsel, that is not a good sign. Um, It's a good sign for the rest of us. (laughs) And in another bad sign for Trump, his other attorney, Evan Corcoran, has recused himself from the documents probe. Um, You guys will remember Corcoran was the one who urged Christina Bob to sign that letter that Epstein had a hand in. Um, Epstein is the one who brought him on board with the Trump campaign. And so if the special counsel had no intention of charging Trump in that documents case, Corcoran would have no reason to recuse himself. Uh, But it appears that Corcoran has become a witness against Trump because, as you guys also probably remember, a judge had ordered him to provide basically unfettered testimony to the grand jury because, as a judge ruled, he may be party to criminal activity um, or he may have you know, given Trump advice that he used to further a crime. It was also revealed that numerous law enforcement entities have requested recordings that were recorded by a former Fox producer, Abby Grossberg, who I've mentioned Her attorney told an MSNBC host that they've discovered somewhere around 90 tapes, 90, nine, zero. (laughs) So, Lordy, there are more tapes. Um, And in another interview on MSNBC, Grossberg's attorney confirmed that multiple law enforcement agencies have reached out to him and they're asking for these recordings because in his estimation, he said they're, quote, relevant to how the relationship was between the Trump campaign and what actually happened on air. So we'll see where that leads. You know, that could mean that they're investigating Trump. It could mean that they're investigating Fox. Who knows? And then speaking of Grossberg, there was another recording that was made public in which Trump advisor Peter Navarro was heard blaming Sidney Powell for the failure to overturn the election for Trump. This recording it not only, you know, mentions that she's to blame, 
But it really reveals that Powell is completely inept. She is completely scatterbrained. So take a listen. Cindy Powell, she sends me stuff by mistake. There's an Abby in her office. There's an Abby in her office. And this whole, through the whole Flynn trial, she sends me stuff. And then she frantically calls or emails me saying, please delete it. It's confidential. <laughs> the horse is out of the barn, right? Oh, so she mistakenly like sent me something on Signal on that phone. I'm like, I, I wonder what that is, but I'm not going to open it because I don't want it to be evident. And then comes like the call two minutes later, please delete it. I, that wasn't intended for you. Well, you have no idea how standard she did to uh, to our efforts. <laughs> she really, she, she really, I'm telling you, Abby, in the history is written on this. She was like the turning point in, in our inability to prove the case because she was like so far out there that people like pulled back. We were on the verge of some breakthroughs in the states at state legislature level. And then that happened and it was like Katie barred the door. It's like, damn, damn, just not good. So there you have it, guys. I mean, you know, she's texting confidential information to the wrong person multiple times and then saying, oops, can you delete that? That wasn't meant for you, you know? And then, I mean, for Navarro to admit that she was so out there, that the things that were coming out of her mouth were so batshit crazy that she's the one who spoiled the overturning of the election. I mean, it just tells you how negligent Fox was in allowing her on their airwaves over and over again. Anyway, guys, I'll let you know when I hear more. Thank you so much for watching and listening. Please like, share, and subscribe. Please donate if you can. Love you all. Take care, and I'll talk with you soon.